Hey y'all, this is Abraham, one half of the Ocean 8 podcast, and I just want to let you know we outside this summer, so that means return to sporting events, concerts, and the like. Lockdown hasn't been easy on the pockets, so ticket prices aren't looking too fun, I feel you on that. But, Megaseats.com offers a solution. Megaseats.com is a third-party reseller. They stand tall on these two things. Zero service fees and free shipping, 100% guarantee. But if that isn't enough, and, and this is the fun part, SSAW has partnered with them to provide you a 10% discount when you enter SSAW Network at checkout. Did you hear me? 10% off on top of zero service fees? Man, you're going to catch me outside this summer for sure. Head over to megaseats.com. Use the code SSAW Network and plan your next outing. We outside this summer, baby. Hey, fans. Hey, friends, family, fans, and friends of the show. I want to take a moment to acknowledge and recognize um, the tragic passing of Demarius. Thomas. Um, if that name sounds familiar to you, it's probably because you, you, you've heard it because he was a 10-year uh, NFL vet. Nine of those years were spent with the Denver Broncos, including a Super Bowl win, uh, multiple records broken. He was the go-to guy for Peyton Manning during that record season they had in 2014. Demarius Thomas passed away at the time of this recording uh, last night. No formal cause of death has been determined. His family thinks it might have been a seizure, but um, he was only 33 years old. So we just want to take a moment. We often like to point to on this show, like, you know, athletes are not just entertainment, but they are humans too. So we we always want to acknowledge the humanity. And so with that, we just want to take a moment, have a moment of silence um, in honor of Demarius Thomas, definitely gone too soon. All right. Thank you for uh, for joining us in that. And as always, like I said, remember, um, athletes are they're not athletes first. They're humans first. And uh, we always want to acknowledge the humanity and the beauty and the humanity of all people. Uh, so today, folks, remember, uh, don't don't take this life for granted. Uh, if you have your loved ones close by, um, remember, hug them, tell them that you love them. If you got folks you haven't spoken to in a while, um, shoot them a text. And I, and always, fan, folks, remember always, give folks their flowers while they're still living so you don't have to leave them on their grave when they're gone too soon. Love y'all.
Hey, yo. Y'all know what time it is. Of course. We here, as always, your boys. Welcome to another episode, specifically, okay, volume two, episode 28 of the OSNA podcast presented to you by SSAW. As always, I am Mr. 50%, the OSN, OSN, Abe, here with my guy, Abe. What's good, fam? Hey, what's good, 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 what's good? It's glad to be back. Um, It's been like less than a month. My bad, it's vacation. I'm not even on the West Coast right now. I'm on the East Coast. And so recording has become more difficult because I didn't realize how spoiled I was living on the West. Like, dang, that three-hour time difference is really, really nice. Did you say live? Did you say living on the the west or living in the best? Because that's that's what it is out here, best coast. Nah, I, I definitely didn't say that. I didn't say that. What one one thing is for sure, being back on the east coast. Oh yeah, east coast got that thing on lock. East coast is the beast coast. They are they are. I love I love being back. I love being back, and I realized my hatred for New York City was based in steep steep pettiness. It's really only because they claim teams that don't really play in New York. But otherwise, I do love New York so much. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But where do those teams play? I feel like there's a common denominator there. They play in Jersey. Fam, here's what we're doing. We we got we gonna make some OSNA merch. And you know it's you know it's gonna say, you know those uh what is it, I Heart New York shirts? It's gonna be I Heart except an X through the heart, New York. With with oh, I don't space. hate New York. No, you do. You do. Listen, as long as they continue to claim your teams, really your teams, you listen, They're it's gonna be team. there. That thing is gonna be in there. It's just like listen, listen, it's just like my hatred for the Angels in, in, in Major League Baseball. They went from being the, the Anaheim Angels, which I was perfectly they went from being the California Angels, that's fine. By the way, their logo was dope back then. To being the Anaheim yeah. Angels makes perfect sense. Y'all play in Anaheim. To being the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, nah, bro. You that that's that's hate off top. You catching hate off top for that. I mean, there can, I get there's it. only one real LA team, and that's the Dodgers. They play in the heart of LA. Y'all out here playing Anaheim suburbs, <laughs> the burbs of the burbs, L- LA County. They're not even in LA County. They in Orange yeah, County. Not- yeah, they're in Orange County. They're they, they a whole different entity. Hey, you look, feel me? I like, can't. The, where do the New York Jets play? In Jersey. New York Giants. Jersey. Bro, the um, even uh, 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 Red Bull New York. Harrison, New Jersey. Bro, like, what are we doing here? Don't claim these teams. I get it. I get it. Maybe, maybe say the New Jersey Giants or the New Jersey Jets doesn't have the same, you know, doesn't roll off the tongue. But I don't y'all care. claiming you get used teams, to it? bro? They claiming teams that play in, and I get it. The states are right there next to each other, but you claiming teams that play in different states. They play in a different state altogether. That y'all just threw me off. That's Meanwhile, so wild. New York does it like you know for the when I was young for the longest, you know the Bills. I, I didn't know that they were in New York because they don't get the same love Not like at all. New York gives them. Nope. Hey, yo. You would think oh. Buffalo's in a whole different state. Bro, they might as well Buffalo, be Canada. Buffalo wings. 
get more love than the Buffalo Bills professional football team. That's wild. Not, not, hey, look, Bills Mafia, we know you loyal. We're not talking about sure. Big fact. Bills Mafia will always show up. Hey, they have a strong, they have a very loyal fan base. Because they, they've, they've had some heartbreak in the past. You know, the back-to-back losses in the Super Bowl. Like, Wasn't it It's deep. Something wild like that. And yeah. listen, Bills Mafia, y'all, if there's if there's ever a sports team, uh, well, except for the LeBron Cavs as well, or if you're a LeBron fan, I'll put it like that. If you're a LeBron fan, you've endured almost as much pain as Bills Mafia. Ten straight finals and only winning. What was that two out of ten? Um, yeah, did, three out of ten. Did, you out of pocket. Listen, I am not a LeBron James fan, even though he's on, you know, my team. It is what it is. Speaking though of the NBA, actually no, before we get to the NBA though, Abe, because you I know you were out there on the on, on the East Coast, the least coast. Um, what was the highlight do of that, that trip for you? Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do what? Um yeah, I just asked the question. I mean, so what? At the time of this recording, I've been here for about three weeks. Um, highlight of the of the trip so far. Hmm. I guess it was Anime NYC, my first ever con. Uh, it was pretty cool, but I also realized that for me, the type of con goer I am, I have to go with friends. For the most part, that like. You know, the panels I went to were cool, but, like, they don't hit for me like they do for other people who were raving about it. For the the main reason that I don't listen to, I don't watch dubbed anime. So, English voice actors just go over my head. I did uh, recognize Chris Sabat. And um, Sean Shemel, 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 whatever, um, aka Vegeta and Goku, respectively, because I watched Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z dubbed as a young one. So that was dope. It actually made me go back and read the manga for the first time ever. And I'm like, hmm, I used to heavily criticize this, John, and it's not as bad as I thought. Hey, fam, now, you've been geeking out. Like, if y'all follow yeah. Abe on Twitter, he's been having nostalgia to the T, to the nth degree. Yeah. Especially on my Instagram, just posting pages that I read. And like, like, when Gohan went Super Saiyan 2 versus Cell, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, and that action. That yeah, action. and Loki was like, I, you know what? I'll say this. The anime hurt the franchise in the sense that with how long they took for fights, you know, it being like, hey, Goku's traveling back, and it's like, all right, they'll be across 10 episodes, like, I, 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 that's way too long. The pacing was so dragged out in the anime, whereas if you read it, it's, it's much quicker and much more enjoyable. So... I I realized that my hate for Dragon Ball, well, my heavy criticism at this point is unwarranted because you can clearly tell after the Cell games that, yeah, Goku was supposed to be dead and that's it. Like, we're supposed to move on. Gohan, you're supposed to take over. 
but we also know at some point that's gonna change, you know? So, but Anime NYC was dope. I got some dope anime items like pins. Um, I was able to meet some friends from Twitter. Shout out to um, Anime Lately. Got to meet them. Shout out to Black Girls Anime. Shout out to RDC World. It was dope to get an opportunity to meet them. Um, and all the things that they're doing. Young black men just killing the game. Coming out with their own anime. Their own manga. Their own live action. It's it's dope. It's dope. Um, and just a bunch of other friends I got to meet. Um, shout out to the girls. They know who they are. Um, and yeah. So that's that's been the... That's been a fun part of the trip so far. Of course, of course, it's been great to see family. Except, you know what's crazy? So I come back home. Like, yeah, you know, I told my family because I didn't want to surprise them and all that junk. You know what they're doing tonight? They're going to Nigeria. And they're going to be gone for most of the month. And I'm like... Fam. Fam. Wow. <laughs> How I pull up and y'all leave it? Yo. Like, just gone. And I haven't even seen one of my sisters yet, because she, she offered college, enjoying her best life. She went to Cali for Thanksgiving break. And I'm like, but I'm here. Who, 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 who's important to Cali you need to see? Anyway, it, you know, it's just, just hanging out with some friends. There's still a lot of people I still need to see. Um, I got to make trips for, um, God willing, if schedule works, our homie Jeff, Jeff J. I'll be linking with him. Uh, yes, sir. Him friend of the work. show. The first yep, friend of the show. The first. He was, our, was, the he was first. our first interview, yo. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And he thriving. He thriving. Over there working yeah. for MSG. Yeah. He I know as a Knicks fan, that's like. That's like a dream. That's on your bucket list. To be a Knicks bro, fan and to have your face on the big screen because you work bro. for MSG Network. Come on. And 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 your your arena is still called MSG, Madison Square Garden. Unlike mm-hmm. us Laker fans, they changed the name of Staples Center to Crypto.com. No. Anyhow, okay. I thought that uh, wasn't gonna apply until Christmas Eve. Damn, I'm not they already took they already to took no, they took Staple Center off of the actual arena. They did it this week. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not calling them. That. I, I, to be honest, I probably won't use that name for a while. Nah, I, listen, ain't nobody using. We're not calling this thing Crypto.com. We might call it like Russell Westbrook Crip, Crip, Crip Arena. What? <laughs> Crip Center? That's what we might do, but we're not calling it Crypto.com. Staple Center for sure. I mean, think about it. So I remember, I remember when the Lakers played their last game, their last few games at Great Western. I remember when they moved the made the move to Staples Center, and that was, I mean, that was as a kid, a young Laker fan. You seeing Kobe, you know, start to blossom in there, and you thinking, man, that's that's I, I want to go, I want to go to a game. And the first time I of, of all the the sports facilities in Los Angeles, that's probably the only one that I don't really like have issues with when it comes to getting there and it being a hassle and games and stuff like that. I don't like going to to Dodger games. Chavez Ravine is 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 a pain and low key some of the history behind how Chavez Ravine got built was you know, 
Dodger Stadium got built in Chavez Ravine is is real sketchy. Um, I've been to that stadium. That was bro, my it, first actual. Was that my first baseball stadium? I think bro, so. Bro, it's a and it's a it's a it's a little bit of a hike. You you know what I mean it's it, it's up there in the cut, but like I said, what they they did to build that stadium was was real shady. Uh, let's see. I don't like. I don't like going to um, who is it? Uh, you probably won't catch me at a Rams game, unless I'm going with you, Abe. That's that's that might be the only. I I, I need to visit SoFi. Bro, SoFi, SoFi, yeah, that parking situation is a mess. Um, oh, where LAFC right. plays, Bank of California Arena, that's a mess. Um, oh, where the Galaxy plays isn't too bad. Oh, over at Home Depot, it's not too bad. And then, oh, where the Clippers are about to be playing over there in Inglewood's gonna be a mess. Like it's not, it's not playing. But Staples Center, I can mess with Staples Center. Hey, y'all gonna change it after twenty plus yeah. years? You gonna ch- stop it? Stop it! Y'all need to go take several seats. But since we're already talking about the association, let's dive right in uh, and let's let's kick off with the association. Uh, man, there's been wow. I feel like there's a lot to talk about, and I don't just say that yeah. just to say that. Man, let's uh. Hmm. Let's start with the hottest team in basketball right now. We'll start with the Golden State Warriors. I don't I might have said this a couple episodes ago. I I I knew the Warriors were going to be good this year. I didn't think they were going to be this good this early and stay this good this early. Uh at, at the time of this recording, they have the best record in the NBA. Uh but I wouldn't say by a country mile, but even when you see them on the court, this looks like they took those teams from, what was it, 2014, like 2013 through, what was that 2016? Because that's 27, 2016, 2017 seasons when KD came over. It looks like they took those teams with that system and just plugged in different pieces. They're back uh, to that, that mantra, strength in numbers. Strength in numbers. And, and when you look at, when you look at Steve Kerr's system that he's implemented, it really is the best of uh, like pieces of the triangle offense, right? That he he learned playing under under Phil Jackson with Tex Winter is the brain behind that. I think the movement of that offense, and then uh, the the time he played with uh, the the passing from uh, Greg Popovich's system from the time he played with the Spurs and was also on their uh, their staff. And he just melded those two together beautifully. So you see there's a lot of movement. And he adjusted that to fit the shooters that they have. So I think probably one of the best uh, breakdowns or analysis I've seen of that was, uh, you could probably YouTube it, is Kobe Bryant's uh, detail. RIP to Kobe. Feels like it just happened yesterday. And Kobe Bryant, brilliant. We know brilliant basketball mind. And the way he broke down Golden State's uh, offense. He called it the golden democracy. Why? Because literally doesn't matter what position you play one through five, like there's going to be a way for you to get a shot off at some point in that offense. Um, he adjusted the offense. Steve Kerr adjusted their offense when KD came over, which is just crazy. Like the fact that you would even adjust your offense just slightly and it made them even better, which is wild. But you take all of that and then you we thought players like Andrew Wiggins was going to be trade bait. We thought there would be a possibility Draymond Green would get traded. Nope, they're here, and they have figured out the system. Oso agrees. They figured out the system. Uh, the 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 bright light right now, the the unsung hero. I wouldn't even say unsung, but right now the 
if if the Warriors had a most improved player, it'd be Jordan Poole. We saw flashes right last year mm-hmm. with Steph and Clay out, but this year you playing right next to Steph in the backcourt, and he's mm-hmm. balling out of his mind right now. Right now, the Warriors underrated are player. Underrated. underrated the glove junior oh facts bro gary payton jr mm-hmm. now i i've been following gp2 since uh since he was in oh high school yeah high school um and then his his career at oregon state but one thing i think people don't realize about gp2 even though he's not a dominant he's not he's not going to be your star starting point guard but just like his dad you can tell you were in the in the driveway having to uh having to get shots off against your dad one of the best perimeter <laughs> defenders ever, right? Locking you down. Can you imagine? Gary Payton is one of the top five most, most what, what players agree, one of the top five, top five biggest trash talkers in, in, in the league, in league history. Like just talking out the side of his net. When you getting under Michael Jordan's skin and Michael Jordan is a trash talker. Michael Jordan ain't even saying, I took that personally. Michael Jordan's not going to kill you, Gary Payton. And Gary Payton going toe-to-toe fearless against Jordan. Jordan struck fear in the hearts of guys. So GP2, we see that in him. He's got that dog in him, but man, he got some bounce too. That, that boy got them boosties. Woo, he got them, 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 that bounce. At the time of this recording, Golden State, they're 21 and four. Um, first, yeah, best record in the NBA, followed by the Phoenix Suns, who are 20 and four. And the reason the Phoenix Suns are 20 and four is because they lost to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, the Warriors and the Suns had a, uh, what was it? It was, I wouldn't call it, a, it wasn't a back-to-back, um, but they played two games in the same week. The Suns won the first one. The Warriors destroyed the Suns in the second game. Mm-hmm. Clear and far. Right now with the Warriors, Abe, what has been, as you've watched this run that they've been on, including, uh, I think, multiple, I think, I think multiple double-digit win streaks at this point in the season. What for you, and, and actually currently at this moment, They've won two in a row, so they're looking at probably their their third uh, multiple uh, double digit game win streak of the season. No, nah, nah, what for you has been most uh, impressive about the win? Okay, God bless you. God bless you. Y'all couldn't even beat the Lakers, and 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 the Lakers is is, is right. hot basura right. right now. So okay, go, go, we both we go, should go ahead. Both our teams go have ahead. the same record. Go ahead, like the battle rappers say. Go ahead and keep spitting that trash. Okay, go ahead. Okay, all right, all right. As if. We aren't struggling either. Okay. Um, but anyway, that, that win streak is not going to hit double. Digit. They're going to restart after the 17th. But what I will say about the Warriors is, like I mentioned earlier, they are back to being strength in numbers. And what I mean by that is, like, while, yes, when they were with KD, they were a super scary team. They were filthy, but they had to sacrifice the death that made them so good in adding KD. Now, of course, with losing KD, then Steph being hurt, then losing Clay, it's just like, yo, this team has to find a way to to win games when they know that their big guns might not be there. And last year, the acquisitions made, I thought it was a great move to get Wiggins. I'm on record. I thought Kelly Oubre would thrive. I thought that boy would kill it. Yeah, and he, he was bricking, bricking badly. That man was shooting, I know I'm exaggerating, but like 10% from three on the season. 
I was so disappointed. But this year, you know, they they brought back Iggy. They have a much younger team. They got rid of uh, Pascal, which I was surprised at because Pascal had moments last season. But this team is clicking. Like Clay, Clay isn't even back. That's the that's the wild thing. They only have four losses on the season, and Clay is not back. Well, yes, you're looking at oh well, yeah, they still have Curry and all that junk. They had Curry, you know, last year, and they wasn't winning games like this, even though he had the load, that he he shouldered the load. But Wiggins is playing better. Wiggins is having fun. Jordan Poole is showing out. Gary Payton Jr. is showing out. Damian Lee has been a great spark plug for the Warriors. So now that they're back to strength in numbers, they're playing what works best for them. Any man can give you buckets on that squad. Because mind you, let's be real. Going into the season, while yes, Gary Payton Jr., we know who his dad is. Did you really think he would get significant playing time? Cause I I didn't I didn't think so. It was just like, oh yeah, we know your dad is. We're gonna come along. He's getting significant minutes. Even like clutch crunch time minutes too. Jordan Poole, second year, is getting clutch crunch time minutes. Damian Lee is getting clutch crunch time minutes. Steve Kerr can look at his roster and say, I trust you in this crucial moment. From number one all the way to the end of the bench. That's crazy. And again, without Clay. Bro. Clay might be back at the end of the month. Bro, speaking of Clay, Clay out here. Bro, they showing Clay, you know, pre-game. Warming up, getting in the. This man is in full uniform. This man is in full uniform, looking like a star from the '80s. My man got the wristbands on. He got the headband on, and that jumper looks as pure as water as the waters from Lake Minnetonka. Like he's out here <laughs> looking, looking nice right now. And then I, I love that you bring up Damian Lee. Damian Lee. You know why Damian Lee hooping? Because he out here married to uh to to, to Steph's sister, Damian Lee. Is he Damian really? Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's oh, Steph's brother in law. So so like for example, they uh what was it when the the first time the the Warriors played the the Sixers this season, him uh Steph Seth and Damian Lee took a picture and it was you know like family picture or something like that. Um, That's hilarious. My man, my man ain't trying to get uninvited to uh, to family dinner. <laughs> You you hooping right. for your place at the family table at this point, All right? You, you know what I'm saying? But no, he's he's out there balling. I've always liked Damian Lee though. Um, even even when he was like end of the bench for the Warriors, he got great energy. He he knows how to make the smart basketball play, and he can hit yes, he that jumper when needed or that that corner three when needed. Um, but these were I love the points you bring up. These these Warriors are just looking great right now, and like you said, Clay ain't even back yet. And if there's anything, if you, if there's one thing we know about Clay, is when Clay gets locked in, that's a wrap, bro. When Clay gets in that I'm not going home mode, that's a wrap. A la Game Six of the 2015 Western Conference Finals against the Thunder, 
think about this. D these Warriors are about to go home. KD and Russ got these boys back against the wall. And this dude, Clay hit, I think it was eight threes that game, inclu including uh, the game, the go-ahead three, I'm sorry, with less than 30 seconds left. When Clay gets in that mode, that same Clay who dropped 14 threes um, to break the NBA record with the assist for the game for the for the the record breaker coming from Steph Curry when 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 Clay is out here dropping 39 points in a quarter uh, and shooting perfect from the field listen y'all that's the clay i think we're about to see 2.0 like he about to go yep. super saiyan 2 that's that's the clay i think we're really about to get and i'm scared especially since he's been they've been trolling him with the 77 best player on the NBA. Bro, that's so wild. And he's been he's been rolling with it. He Yeah. I feel like it's partially joking, but I also feel like he actually does take offense. You know? So no, he does. it's just like he, he takes some ooh. things it's it's like the uh the Dave Chappelle uh Prince skit when um when he when they wanted to play basketball. Prince was like, Y'all wanna play some basketball and Charlie Murphy said, you know, they 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 went back and came back in the same clothes that they were wearing before. And he said, you know, well, we know where you got that blouse. It wasn't from the men's section. And he said, Prince looked like he was about to cry. Like, that's the, I think that's the Clay Thompson we about to get. Like, y'all yeah. y'all pissed off Clay. You don't woke up, you you woke up something different in him. My man, like I said, he about to go Super Saiyan too. And I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, in other news, though, is we stick with the association real quick uh, as well. Uh, Wait, Steph I do Curry say this is though. about to break. Oh yes, there we go. Steph Curry, yeah, go. Steph Curry about to break a couple records, y'all. Um, yeah. Well, one record for sure. He's ten threes away at the time of this recording. He's probably going to be closer by the time y'all hear this to breaking Ray Allen's career threes made record, which is and he's going to do it in three hundred less games than Ray Allen. That's crazy. That's that that's, is absolutely that's really crazy. That's wild, bro. Here's that's, what my, my – That's here's absurd. What, yeah. No, absolutely. Like, we we will not ever – I don't care what you say. We are – Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time. I don't know if we'll see another because we see folks – think about this. We saw, we saw a Kobe almost perfectly mirror Michael Jordan. I don't think we'll see anybody perfectly mirror Steph Curry. We thought it might be Trey Young. But a lot of folks I, thought it would be Trey, but you watch Trey and you're like, nah, Trey, you ain't that dude. Like you, yeah, you not. Steph is different. Uh, and to be honest, when you look at the young players coming in now, for a time, and this is where Loki, I want to get into discussion with you also on surrounding Curry and his impact on the game for the longest. Because of Curry, where like there's such an emphasis on the three ball, absolutely. But when you look at the current players in the league, the current young players, not that the three ball is being like ignored, it's not. But you look at a player like Anthony Edwards, you're not relying on the three like that. You look at Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is shooting more threes than he has been, but you're seeing his game. Like, we're returning back to having a bag, having an arsenal, rather than just being, hey, I can hit threes whenever. Like, I don't – I'm not saying that Steph Curry's impact is decreasing, but it's just like, ah, 
no one is trying to mirror him. Whether it's because it's like, ah, you know what, I need to have more versatility, or just like, yo, it's not possible to to garner a shot that's that smooth, the confidence that's that high. Like, I agree with you. I don't think we'll see somebody anytime soon, to be honest, if ever, break that record that he'll eventually set because it doesn't look like Curry's going to decline at any time soon. And given his skill set, he could still be 38 and be in a spot-up shooter who's basically turning to what Ray was in the latter half of his career, which is perfectly fine because that only increases the lead between him and Ray and whoever decides to try and touch Ray's record. Bro, when I look at Steph, there are a couple things that I think people forget. Number one, how did Steph get his shot to be so smooth and his release to be so quick? Only one player in the league has a quicker release than Steph, and it's Clay. The summer between Steph's sophomore and junior year in high school, Steph realized two things. Number one, I'm I'm small for a guard because he hadn't had his growth spurt yet. Even now, I know they say he's six three, he's really six one, maybe six foot. Mm-hmm. But he also realized that because of his size and the way that his shot release was set up, he, if he made it to the next level, was going to get a lot of shots blocked because we were getting to a point, and we are at a point, where guards tend to be a little bigger, and they're scoring guards, and they're dogs. So that summer, in between his sophomore and junior year, Steph broke down his entire shot so that he could have a quicker release. And there were even some days, Steph said himself, where he couldn't even get a shot up because when you're rewiring your mechanics and all of that, that takes a lot. So you have to be able to mimic that trigger, that quick trigger that he has. But secondly, here's the thing I think people also don't realize about Steph. Steph is not just a sniper. Like Steph can break you down off the dribble. Steph can get to the cup. Steph can hit that pull-up mid-range jumper, even though according to the Rockets, uh, well, according to Daryl Morey, that's a bad shot. How's Philly working out for you, Daryl Morey? Um, Steph literally can do it all on the offensive end. And then even defensively, like he's not a slouch either on defense. Um, he knows how to, how to, how to, you know, get those weak side steals and he'll do what he needs to do on the defensive end. But let's get back to the offensive end. Steph's game. He can score at all three levels. Most, most kids these days, for whatever reason, and I think part of it's the AAU structure and culture, they're not being taught the fundamentals and they're not being taught how to sharpen their basketball IQ. Uh, Steph's basketball IQ isn't bad. Folks will look at the shots he takes and says, those are bad shots. For everyone else, they're a bad shot. But for players like Steph, like Clay, like Dame, uh, maybe even a Trey Young, like those aren't bad shots because those are shots that they practice in practice. It was the same thing with Kobe. Folks would say, that's a terrible shot by Kobe. But you talk to Kobe and folks who practice with Kobe, they'll tell you, Kobe practices those bad shots in practice. So those are actual normal shots for him. So you're not going to be able to, to imitate that. And, and because all they focus on is taking the threes, I can't tell you how many times I go to, you know, youth games or AAU games or, uh, or city league games with kids and teenagers. And I'm like, man, y'all are really out here just chucking up threes because you, you see Steph chucking up threes, but you don't realize everything that goes behind that. And you don't realize actually the complete nature of Steph's game. 
Like you can you can take Steph out of the Warriors and his game will translate on other teams. Um, put him in a different system. So I don't think we're going to see another Steph unless somebody really does like Kobe did with Jordan. Like Kobe really studied every aspect of Jordan's game. And secondly, bug the heck out of Jordan once he got to the league. Um, so much so that Jordan considered him like his little brother because Kobe really sought out that wisdom. I don't see folks doing that with Clay. I don't see kids doing that with Clay. I don't even think Trey Young does that with, I'm sorry, with Steph. I don't even think Trey Young does that with Steph. So if Trey Young was supposed to be the next iteration and you're not even hitting up Steph like that, forget about it, bro. I don't want, I, I, I don't want to hear it. I, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't think we're going to see it. Um, I do believe, here's my prediction, that uh, Steph will try to break both. Uh, Steph was asked uh, earlier this week uh, which record was more important to him, breaking Ray Allen's record or getting back the single season. Uh, I'm sorry, not single season, but uh, single game three-pointers made record that his teammate Clay Thompson now holds. And he said they're 1A and 1B. I wouldn't put it past Steph to uh, try to break both records in the same game. So he's only 10 threes away. We'll probably be less by the time y'all hear this recording. I wouldn't put it past him to try to hit 15 threes in a game just, just to do it. Um, side note, going back to something you mentioned earlier about Kelly Oubre Jr., I also thought he was going to ball out with the Warriors. Um, he shot 31% from three when he was with the the, the Warriors. Um, he was one for – he was like one – he was making like 1.5 threes per game and attempting like 5.2 It was something crazy like that. Um, but he's he's balling right now with, with the Hornets, but he wasn't yeah. that piece. Um, but, yeah, shout out to all the others on the Warriors doing their thing. I wouldn't be mad if Steph decided to break the record, though, uh, Ray Allen's record against the Celtics. Like, I wouldn't. Relax, would relax, relax. Would I not mean, be there's upset. No way. He uh, averages 13 attempts per game. Yeah, For what, what if to, you... What if he decides to be conservative and just, you know, hit mid-range jumpers and layups and then decides to just explode on the Celtics, you know, just... Look, he has to go, he has to go the next three games without really attempting a three. He could just make three threes a game for the next three games and then show up to the Celtics and just, I mean... Opening opening basket. And I had broke the record. No, stop that. Why not? Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. You know what's funny? Because he sees... uh, Ray Allen's record and Clay's record as 1A and 1B. If he manages to do both for the game, you know that makes it even more scary when Clay comes back because you know so damn well Clay's going to try to get back his record. And then those two are going to be competing with each other. And that's very scary for the league. You have Clay Curry be like, hey, bro, you hit 15 against the Knicks. Boy, let me tell you something right now. I'm about to drop 16 against the Lakers. And Curry going to be like, work, but try to save game. He's like, I'm going to hit 17. So you, can you imagine them doing that? that I, God forbid. I hope we don't see them again this season. I don't need that headache in my life. Speaking of headaches, before we, we get to this next thing I want to discuss with the NBA, let's just have an aside and have a um, – I think we can just have a moment of, of lament for our respective basketball teams, the Lakers and the Celtics. <sighs> Abe. Uh, I know we 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 discussed this in, in uh you know in our group chat recently. Um I think we might have to just boycott watching our sports teams overall until the end of the year because they out here tripping. Look, the Lakers are 500. They lost the time is recording. They lost last night to a John Morant-less Grizzlies. 
Um, I'm disgusted. Like, I don't want to see LeBron doing no dances or no secret individual handshakes mm. with players. I don't want to see Russell Westbrook do no little rocking the baby nothing. Um, Anthony Davis, I don't know if you you literally have an allergy or something when it comes to the post, to the block, to the low block, but you're you're seven feet tall. Why are you why are you playing out on the perimeter like you're Steph Curry? Bro, get on the block. Um, I'm disgusted, thoroughly disgusted with, with my Lakers. I'm disgusted for you when it comes to your Celtics. I actually kind of feel sorry for you, Abe, when it comes to your Celtics. I'm disgusted. Well, they've made some changes. My Manchester United Red Devils, shout out to them, finally firing Ole and getting Ralph Ragnick, um, which is a whole nother story. Y'all want to hear more about that? Holla at us over at Reform Hooligans, me and Brian, um, a.k.a. Uh, two soccer dads right now. Well, actually, three soccer dads if you're on Felipe. Uh, also, I'm sick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely sick of my Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings, I have no, absolutely no faith. The Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Lakers, ironically enough, both teams with Minnesota history are not good for my mental health right now. I'm just going to shoot it straight. I might have to get, we might have to get Cedric on an episode just to help a brother out because this is ridiculous. The Minnesota Vikings don't know how to keep a lead. They were up at the time of this recording. Last night, Thursday night football against the Steelers, who've already announced that it's Big Ben's last season, and the Steelers look absolutely garbage this season, okay? I feel sorry for Mike Tomlin because his record of of, uh, seasons of 500 or above is in severe jeopardy at this point. The Vikings were up 29-0, 29-0, and gave up 28 unanswered points to the Steelers. Barely escaped with a 36-28 win. They lost game prior to that against the winless Detroit Lions on the last play of the game. When I tell you, I am thoroughly disgusted. Anytime somebody texts me when the, the Vikings, my head, Vikings are looking good. They got a lead. Here's my response. They ain't keeping that lead. They're, they're not. At this point, Abe, I'm disgusted. Thoroughly disgusted with my sports teams. The only team I have hope for right now. And I'm still stinging over the Dodgers loss. Okay, as well. At this point, man, you might be the only team I have any sort of like glimmer of faith in. Hey, how are things looking for you in your neck of the woods sports-wise? Okay, so since we're in basketball, I will say this. The bright spots of the Celtics is Time Lord and Al Horford. Al Horford has found a fountain of youth, apparently. Uh, he just, Whatever he was doing in OKC, thank you, Thunder, for making sure he'd be healthy and ready to go. The inconsistencies on this team is so confusing because it's like there are games where we dominate and we're like, yes, this is who we are. Then there are games where we just get our ass whooped and it's like, wait, is this who we are? When it comes to the NFL, hey, the Rams finally won a game. You know, they went the entire month of November without a win. We finally won. Yes, it was against the Jaguars, but Lord have mercy, we needed it. And we have the Cardinals on Monday. Hopefully, hopefully we do better. We go to baseball. My Mets got Max Scherzer, which is so, so weird to say. So very weird. Like, I'm not used to that. Mad I don't know if Max. I will be used to that. Yeah, he's he's now in New York. And, it, and here's the problem. Here's the problem. 
as a Mets fan, I vehemently hate every other team in the NL East. So I hate the Nationals. I hate the Really? Braves. I thought you loved the Nationals. Stop that. I hate the Marlins. I hate the Phillies. And guess what? Four of them, all four of them, have won a World Series in my lifetime. Except my Mets. Okay. But then the fact that Max went from the Nationals, who I already hated, and he won a ring with them, he goes to the Dodgers, who you already know I hate the Dodgers, can't stand them, really do. And then he comes to New York, I'm just like, all right, all right, this is weird. This is really weird. It'd be like Tom Brady going to the Jets. Or like no, LeBron Tom coming Brady, to the Lakers. Understand, there's a lot of Laker fans who were not LeBron fans at all. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's true. That's true. You got it. Mind you, Max Scherzer went for the, he has the highest AAV of all time with this deal he signed. 37 years old. Y'all paying this man buku bucks. Look. Steve Cohen said money is not an issue. Oh, God. He said, I'm a muku money spender. Uh-uh. So, I'm with it. Because the Wilpons were like, money? Ugh. You want me else to pay you how much? I got a dollar. Here you go. You're not going to take it? Well, we move on. So, I mean, Cohen's willing to spend. I got a dollar and a subway a pass. <laughs> They're like, you could take the Metro to get all the way over here. It's like, what? It's like, you're not even going to give me, like, a, a charter bus? Ooh, charter bus? There's public transportation. You better hop on the MTA, baby. The Wilpons were stingy. And, like, uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea's been the only team consistently to please me this, this season. They've been consistent. They've been winning games. And I'm really excited for the round of 16, which they will advance in, just to FYI. They will make it past the round of sixteen of the of the Champions League. You know, have you did you see that tweet too? The Yu-Gi-Oh cards. That was really dope. That was really dope. As a big Yu-Gi-Oh fan, I appreciated seeing that. I was like, oh, I like that Chelsea card. Like they need to make they need to make those. I would collect them. I I I do things to collect them. Um. Yeah. No. But those overall, were legit. Yeah, but overall, it's just like, it hasn't been the great... Oh, let me not even talk about Duke, because Paolo Banchero has been killing it, but... Uh, Fam. Them legal troubles is... Coach K, this... Hey, not to mention, I think it was ESPN highlighted this, like, he suffers from severe cramps during the games, and, like, Bro, the medical team found out this dude sweats an absorbent, like... An excessive amount per game, so much so that he loses seven pounds per game. Seven pounds per game. So they had to give him a special fluid just to help him retain liquid. That's weird. That's not healthy to me. That's very concerning. That's very concerning. Especially for what is perceived to be the number one draft pick next year. The number one. And I see why. He he, he, He plays like he's ready for NBA. Bro, don't don't say, don't, say that, don't say that to our friend uh, Mr. Watson. Don't say that to Mr. Watson. He, he <laughs> out here talking about a Monty Bates over everybody. 
the superior North Carolina team are the Blue Devils. Is all I'm gonna say. But um, it's it's wow. The way he plays though is so smooth. Like this man has a bag, and I understand why people keep mentioning KD. By all means, KD is in the stratosphere of of himself, right? But with Paolo, his game, the smoothness of his shot, the confidence he has when he takes these shots, he can hit it from anywhere. I I, I love that, but losing seven pounds a game is, is scary to me. I'm very concerned about that. So we'll see what happens. But overall, when it comes to my sports team, it's just like, I'm glad I have other interests elsewhere because y'all not about to have me stressing out entering 2022. Mm-mm, no, not not me. No, sir. Not me. Not doing it. Not doing it. We're not doing it. 2022, like we said already, I think it was two episodes ago, we're doing it new in 22, okay? Uh, let, let's stick with the, the league just for a second more, and then we'll hop back. We'll hop over to our friends um, in the No Fun League. Mm-hmm. Abe, I was a little irritated. I saw something yesterday. Um, Bleacher Report. I saw a headline come across. Anthony Edwards and Pat Beverly talk about Rudy Gobert's ineptitude on defense. They say he's not intimidating after blowout. And I'm thinking, oh, the the T-Wolves must have blown out the Jazz. And, you know, Anthony Edwards must have just yammed something crazy on this dude's, you know, Gobert's head. And, like, Pat Beverly must have ended up in a situation where he had to guard Gobert in the post and he, like, blocked Gobert's shot. Something crazy, right? And then I open up the score because I, I didn't pay attention to that. Like, I'm not really out here going to watch a T-Wolves jazz game. That's not that's mm-hmm. not on the forefront of my mind, okay? Mm-hmm. So I go ahead. This was, this was a Wednesday night game. I go ahead and I open up the article. First, first sentence, the Utah Jazz outscored the Minnesota Timberwolves by 31 points in the second half en route to a 136 to 104 road win on Wednesday. First of all, this is on the heels of the Grizzlies beating the Thunder earlier this week by 73 points, an NBA record. At this point, nobody is safe. Like if you're losing games by 20 points or more or 30 points or more, like don't open your mouth or say nothing. Just go go home, go go back to the practice facility. Uh if you're uh if you're a if you're a fan, for example, of the Celtics, go back to the practice facility and uh, and and reevaluate your whole life. Next sentence in the article: After the game, Patrick Beverly and Anthony Edwards of the the Timberwolves provided takes on the defensive merits and reputation of Jazz center Rudy Gobert from Beverly. Now, mind you, Pat Beverly, we know he gonna talk. It is what it is. If I'm Defensive Player of the Year, I'm always guarding the best player, no matter what. I'm not roaming. It's no discredit to Royce O'Neal or any of the others on their team. But if I'm defensive player of the year, I'm not guarding Royce O'Neal. I'm guarding Mike Conley. I'm guarding Donovan Mitchell. I'm guarding Boyan Bogdanovich. You got Rudy Gobert out there guarding Jared Vanderbilt. And every time I hear he's defensive player of the year, so uh, whatever. All right, I guess. I guess. And I got something for that in a second. But Anthony Edwards, bro, this was the one where I was like, all right, son, you... 
Where's Stephen A. Smith at? Anthony Edwards said the best rim protector in the league is Chris Stapp's Porzingis. On Rudy Gobert, Ant was honest. Anytime I go against Porzingis, I don't get no layups. I don't know why we couldn't finish on Rudy Gobert. He don't put no fear in my heart. I don't know why. First of all, first of all, y'all lost. Y'all just lost by 32 points. And you have the nerve and the audacity to talk about the reigning defending NBA defensive player of the year who's on the other team. Don't get me wrong. Rudy Gobert doesn't strike fear in my heart either when I'm watching the Stifle Tower. He, he, he can be a little soft, but right now he holds the crown as defensive player of the year. And your team just lost by 32 points to his team. This makes no sense. This makes absolutely no sense, Abe. Like, I, I, Pat Beverly, I expect you to flap your gums because that's all you do. Like to quote Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's basketball IQ is frustrating at times, but he made, he's made some accurate assessments, right? A broken clock is right two times a day. A blind squirrel finds a nut eventually. Russell Westbrook said this about Pat Beverly a couple seasons ago. Pat got y'all fooled. He'd just be out there talking, which is true. He just talks. That's all he does. And that's all he did here. Anthony Edwards, you knew to this. Don't come out here talking about Chris Stapp's Porzingis is the most feared rim defender, is the best rim defender in the league. He's not the best rim protector in the league. I might, I, I might put, this pains me to say it, I'll put a Celtic in that, in, in that role before him. I'll put Al Horford. Hmm. I might even put uh, Time Lord in there before Porzingis. Porzingis ain't even got no knees. And you have the audacity to come out here after losing by 32 and to talk about this man, Rudy Gobert? Nah, man, I'm sick. D Abe. Look, okay, so I'm going to tell you my initial reaction and how I viewed it since then. So initially when I saw his comments, it was on IG, thanks to the NBA IG account. And I watched it and I was like, he's telling us what we already knew from the Jimmy Minnesota situation, right? that essentially Cat is soft. But he's so talented, he shouldn't be this soft. So I was like, you damn skippy, Ant. But at least you said it in a more productive, calmer way that is just like, the way I viewed it is like, yo, Osan, it'd be like if we were at a news conference and someone shared some critiques about you, we'd be like, nah, that's my boy, Abe. I mean, me and him have conversations about this all the time. He needs to hit that next level. Like, ain't no reason why he should be held back from this stuff when I know he's better than that. That's my boy. Yeah, nah, he, he gonna get it. He gonna get it. As opposed to Jimmy saying, that boy trash. And his homie, too. I whooped their ass with the third string practice squad that I picked up from Lake Minnetonka. All right, that's very different. That's much more aggressive, much more... Uh, being spirited, cool, I get it. It wasn't until you you hit me up about it. I was like, they lost by 30. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, oh, so it's, it wasn't even a competitive game. They didn't win. Oh, they lost. They got smacked. I was like, yeesh. I was like, damn. Um, I'll just say this. Andy Edwards was still right in what he said for this reason. Again. 
Cat is is a talented player. He should be dominating more strongly. Um, instead, he plays so passively. It's so weird to me. I don't like it. It's the same issue. It's like him and AD came from the same mm-hmm. egg. Yeah, and I don't like it. I don't like it. But at the same time, in regards to Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert, and I'll be fair, because the way I viewed it is that he hasn't felt as dominant to me as he was early in his career. But then after some thinking, and shout out to Riley of Full Court Press. Again, Full Court Press will be making returns soon. Rudy's actions during the whole COVID thing, I think, is what skewed a lot of perceptions about him because it did for me. The way he handled the whole COVID, just touching every mic, and then next thing you know, you pat, you catch COVID, you pass it down for Mitchell. It was like, yo, you was a clown. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't rock with Rudy no more. But you look at how, what he's been doing this season. Rudy Gobert is probably going to win another defensive player of the year. I mean, let's be real. People talk about him in MVP talks, saying that he's he's rising in the MVP conversation. We ain't never heard the words MVP and Rudy Gobert in the same paragraph. Now all of a sudden we do. So I'm like, all right, let me look at it objectively. Let me take off the bias lenses of some of viewing him as a clown. I'm like, yo, he may, he doesn't have to strike fear in your heart, but you're going to wildly disrespect him like that and lose by 30? If y'all had won, okay, trash talking is dope. I support trash talking, but y'all lost by 30. And he may not put fear in your heart, but he putting fear into the Minnesota Timberwolves heart because y'all can't even beat him. And my last comment on it is this. If Cat doesn't get his mind right, and not saying he needs to be a killer like Kobe, but if he's not at least hungry for it, like Joel Embiid, since Anthony did mention Joel Embiid, bro, Anthony Edwards is about to be about to be KG 2.0. Where he's gonna ball out. He could help carry him to a postseason berth, and that's going to be it. And whereas KG took him to the Western Conference Finals, Anthony could, might not take him out the first round. And you're just going to waste his talent, he's going to want to go elsewhere. Minnesota needs to determine what their identity is and who they want to build around. Because there's only so much patience I'm going to have with Cat. I'm going to be real with you. Only so much patience. If he doesn't get that mentality to say, like, I want to win. It's going to be disappointing. But all in all, I'm impressed by Anthony Edwards being 20 years old and being able to look at the game the way he does and to talk about his teammate the way he has been. I haven't seen all his commentary. I know some people are like, ugh, you know, something should be kept in the locker room. I'm like, yo, we already saw the extreme, which was Jimmy's situation. 
Anthony Edwards isn't anywhere close to what Jimmy did. And I also didn't really have an issue with what Jimmy did. First off, I was just like, look, that's just someone who's frustrated, who we know Jimmy's hungry. He's a killer. He recognized that Cat is way more talented than him, but he's upset that he's not a killer. We've seen Kobe complain and do that too. Like, that, those type of, we've seen Jordan do it. Uh, Russ has that killer mentality, even though his IQ is what kind of holds him back sometimes. But I'm not upset with Ant at all. I mean, he, it needed to be said. Cat, you've heard it both ways. At some point, you have to be like, yo, am I going to listen or am I going to keep just being myself and getting sensitive and still playing soft? Don't have to figure it out. Bam. I wholeheartedly agree. I lost my, my respect for Cat after that uh, Western Conference first round matchup against the, the Rockets three seasons ago, maybe four. When this man had, because the, the, remember, that was when the Rockets were running that small, small ball, right? This man didn't have P.J. Tucker on him, no. I could understand if you, you, you know, P.J. Tucker, because P.J. Tucker built different, maybe like shoved you out to the high post and had you looking like A.D. Now, this man had Eric Gordon on him. And you, you taking threes. Eric Gordon, and you're not eating this man. That's a, that's a barbecue chicken alert. You got Eric Gordon on you, and you out here shooting from the perimeter? Nah, Doc. I gave him a little grace last season. I gave him some grace last season because of what he went through, losing his parents, I think both to COVID. But, Doc, you, you, you the guy. Joel Embiid has answered the bell, right? We didn't know if he would, but Joel Embiid has answered the bell because Joel Embiid is built a little different, though. He crazy. He doesn't care. He, he just going to pop off. Cat, yeah, someone needs to get that. If you have an inner dog, someone needs to, to pull it out of them. I respect, I, I had no problem with what Jimmy did. I think, honestly, I think Ant, I think once Ant's rookie contract is up, I think he's gone. I think I could see him pulling something crazy, like if somehow, uh, if somehow the Mavericks managed to keep Porzingis and, and Luca together, I could see him forming a three headed monster over there in Dallas. I could see him making his way over to the Lakers once the LeBron era is done. Or uh, I could see him making his way. I could even see him making his way to MSG and playing with a RJ Barrett and a Julius Randle. Like, I could see him being the, just like KG did, being the third piece to an already formidable two-headed monster that's missing that third, that third wheel. Cat. You better get it together, bro. And let's not forget who's also still on that T-Wolves team who keeps disappearing that we need to put out these APBs and missing person reports for. D'Angelo Russell. I know, Abe, you might have forgot that D'Angelo Russell was on the T-Wolves as well. Fam. Yes, man. I, to, I always have to remind myself when I talk about the T-Wolves. I'm like, wait, ain't uh, that boy D'Lo over there? I haven't heard D'Lo's name all season. Bro, deloading. Yeah, you buffering right now. Debuffering. We ain't. We, we, you buffering on dial-up. Like, we hurt? ain't seen you What's all season. On? I don't want to. I, I don't want to hear it. Bro, I, he's not hurt. 
listen, when Anthony Edwards leaves, y'all got nobody to blame but yourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, um, as you hear us just spend a whole time talking about basketball, before we head over to the football, the no fun league, as my uh, brother likes to call it, and I agree with him, we have a special message from one of our sponsors, our new sponsors, mybookie.ag. Hear him out for a second. Cryptocurrency is the future, so don't get left in the past. Bet with mybookie and you can get in the game now. To get you kickstarted with crypto, use my promo code OSAAA to double your first crypto deposit at mybookie.ag. The best part is, MyBookie accepts well-known cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum, so you can bet and withdraw with crypto. The NFL playoffs are around the corner, and this week, the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will face off in the potential Super Bowl preview. Both teams sit one win away from earning the top spot in their respective conference. But in this high-stakes game, bet that Bucks money line. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code OSAAA. Head to MyBookie today. Place your bets and watch the sparks fly. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And we're back. And we're back. We back, baby. Um, Abe, I got to ask you, halfway point in the season, I got three questions for you. We're we going to answer these three questions, and then we're going to get out of y'all here. Better, halfway better. point of the season, first question is this. What, what has been your biggest surprise at this point in the season? Mm-hmm. Second question would be, what has been the biggest letdown for you at this point of the season? And last question would mm-hmm. be, what's your hot take? going into the second half of the season. So let's start with the first one. Okay. What has been your biggest surprise at the halfway point biggest of the season? Surprise. Biggest surprise, the Patriots. It's the Patriots. I honestly, not that I second-guess Bill, because I view Bill the same way I view LeBron, the same way I view Coach Pop. Don't bet against them. You either bet for them or don't bet at all. But the way the Bills have been playing the last few seasons and how they start off the season, albeit that um Steelers game was tough. I yo, the Patriots are first in the division. And they start the season two and four. Now they're number one in the AFC East. I didn't expect that at all. Behind a rookie quarterback. That's wild to me. So that's my big surprise. My biggest letdown. Hmm. Which team is letting down? It, it, it honestly. My biggest letdown probably has to be the the Panthers. I was, you know, coming to the season and I was having this conversation with the homies over at Cover Zero. Shout out to Cover Zero Podcast. 
at the beginning of the season, I sincerely was hyped for the Panthers. Joe Brady is there. Sam Darnold is getting a change of scenery. CMC will be back. Like, yo, they should feast. But then what happened? CMC gets hurt, comes back, gets hurt again. He's done for the season. Sam Darnold went from seeing ghosts to, like, being replaced. Now, while Cam came back, which is deservedly so, because I never agree with Cam leaving Carolina, and Cam should be in the league, they fired Joe Brady. Joe Brady, the the guy who helped orchestrate LSU to a national championship, didn't even last the full season. Well, excuse me. He didn't last at all this year. Just made it to the halfway point. This team has underperformed and underachieved, and it really taints Cam's return for me. Because it's like, damn, Cam, like, you can't catch a break. And in terms of my hot take, mm, the Washington football team is going to win the division and make some serious noise in the postseason. I say that knowing that they play the Cowboys this weekend. So that's going to be a crucial game. But the Washington football team is, you know, I, and mind you, I haven't forgotten all that bull earlier this season regarding uh, John Gruden, Jay Gruden, Dan Snyder, all them John. I still need the Washington football team to get their just desserts. But just looking at the team, the guys going out there to play, yo, I'm uh, okay. You know what? I'm going to throw my my hat on the bandwagon. I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon, but I'm going to throw a personal item over there so I can come and pick it up later. But the Washington football team is going to make some serious noise in the playoffs. I feel like it. Okay. I am mad at that. Um, Biggest surprise for me would be a tie. Um, between and it actually deals with uh, the two teams that are at the top of both conferences. So the New England Patriots at the top of the AFC right now with the nine and four record, and the Arizona Cardinals at the top of the NFC with the ten and two record. Now we knew that the and we know that the NFC West is the best division in football. Uh, as a matter of fact, you look at the top five teams uh, in the NFC. Two of those are from that same division, the Cardinals at 10 and two, and then the Rams sit as the fifth best team in that division. I'm sorry, fifth best team in the NFC at eight and four, which really shouldn't be. So you should be better than that. But after watching the Arizona Cardinals escape, um, like literally squeeze out by the hairs of Kyler Murray's chinny chin chin, um, their first three games of the season, I thought they were going to have a drop off again. I thought they were probably going to finish the season it's a 17 game season. So like nine and eight or 10 and seven, but they have found a way to win week in and week out to be 10 and two. Think about this. The, the Buccaneers that we thought were going to basically run the table almost are, are nine and three. Okay. The Cardinals are 10 and two. Uh, that's a shocker. And then like you mentioned, 
the Patriots, I thought the Patriots would be a wild card team. The Patriots might really mess around and end up in the Super Bowl. Like it, it really just comes down to matchups in the playoffs. They really might mess around. They look once again like a classic Bill Belichick team. Strong defense, run run the ball down your throat. The game, the 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 game they just won. Um, this is no no joke, no exaggeration. The game that they just won against the Bills, right? They went fourteen to ten. Mac Jones was two for three passing. That's 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 not you're not hearing things. It's not an aberration. Mac Jones was two for three for nineteen yards passing. Built classic Bill Belichick team. Yeah, they ran that ball. They ran the ball day. down their throats. And, and, and the Bills could the, the Bills could do nothing to stop it. So those th- th- those are my two those are my th- the tie right there for my biggest surprise biggest letdown, um, ugh. and I don't like this is no like this is literally no shade Abe I don't say this actually no we I will say this this is this is on behalf of, of this is a three way tie between among I'm sorry this may sound crazy but the Cleveland Browns Minnesota Vikings. And the Los Angeles Rams. All three of these I'm teams. I'm not upset with it. Yeah, all three of these teams, quote unquote, on paper should be better, right? And even when you look at them actually play, these three teams should be maybe two lost teams. I, I mentioned it uh, earlier in the season, the, the and it stands right now even. The Vikings' average margin of victory or defeat in uh, throughout this season. The average, the, the average point differential at the end of any game for the Vikings this season as they sit at six and seven is five points. That's one score. That's literally one, a one-score differential. Um, and it only boosted up to, to, to five points because of, of, of the victory they had two weeks ago. I know. I know it's frustrating because a lot of those games, yeah, and like you mentioned before, it only moved up to five. But before it was like three. Yeah, it's it was like three. It was like three. It was like two point eight, three points per game. Especially since some of those losses too involved the all miss and the field goal too. It's just like, bro, it's so. Oh, I know, I know, I know. That was frustrating. And then for for your Rams, like we have touted the Rams on here, right? And it may sound at times just if you haven't picked it up yet. More than anything, yes, yes. Abe and I have our sports teams that we cheer for, but even bigger than that, we're fans of the sports themselves. And so we set, we will always set the bias of rooting for our teams aside. We will sit our fandom aside to talk about the sport as a whole. And so for, for me as a fan of, of football, of American football, when I look at that Rams team and I look at the acquisitions that they've made both prior to the season and in the, in, 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 during the season, a Von Miller, a, uh, a, a Odell Beckham Jr., right? When I look at acquisitions like that, when I look at locking down Jalen Ramsey long-term, when <laughs> this Rams team, uh, oh, I, how can I forget Matt Stafford? I really expected this Rams team in a 17-game season to minimum go 14-3. and three. 
and they're sitting at eight and four. And right now, the way the Rams look, they look like the Rams uh, of the past few seasons with Jared Goff at quarterback, which is sad because Matt Stafford has an arm. And so the question must be asked, and shout out to the godfather of SSAW, uh, the man man behind the scenes that y'all really don't see, but he'll pop up from time to time on a pod, on, on a pod maybe like a, you know, a cover zero, CJ. He asked this question uh, in our in our group chat for OSA and A earlier this week. If the Rams don't win this season, if they don't win a Super Bowl this season, or don't make a deep playoff run, what happens with McVay? Or what happens? Obviously, I personally, I think McVay has to be held accountable, and he's going to be the Absolutely. fall guy. It is what it is. At this point, Absolutely. you've literally gotten everything that you've asked for. We We all know you didn't really... Yes, Jared Goff just beat the, the the Vikings on, you know, a touchdown pass to win the game. But Jared Goff ain't that dude at quarterback. We all know Sean McVay really, for all intents and purposes, was the quarterback mind for that team, for the, those Rams teams. But at this point, you got yourself a, a solid quarterback. Forget Matthew Stafford's age. Matthew Stafford still has a cannon. He was He was down in the dumps over in Detroit. And you come to a team, really, that folks were talking about, oh, this is about to be the greatest show on turf 3.0. Right, you you have a Cooper Cup, you have a, a Robert Woods, you have a Higby, and then an Odell Beckham Jr. After after, listen, they cut Deshaun Jackson and picked up Odell Beckham Jr. And you mean to tell me y'all not out here slinging for four hundred plus yards a game with Matt Stafford, and you guys are out here looking pedestrian and mediocre again? Nah, Sean McVay, I I, I love Sean McVay. Me and Sean McVay are the same age. The man is is a is a is a young genius out here. But if the Rams don't make a deep playoff run or make it to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl, he might be he might get that chop chop. And then the Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski is all, is looking real close to fr- like Freddie Kitchens right now. Like it's looking Joe, really bad out here. There's too I, much I know going I joke right around there. and say Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in that division. But Baker Mayfield's not a slouch. He's come a long way from being compared to Johnny Manziel 2, uh, 2.0. Like, he, he really has. But for the Browns right now to be sitting at 6-6 six and six and 11th place in the AFC, that's unacceptable. They have too much talent for that to be the case. I honestly expect Jarvis Landry to try to force his way out in the offseason. And the Browns might have to might end up hitting reset again, which is sad but true. That might be the case. And so my hot take going into the second half of the season, it would have been Washington football team. But my hot take is this. Y'all ready for this? Mm. Is that the Kansas City Chiefs, for all of their faults, for all of their lack of for all of their defensive ineptitude are going to sneak their way into the AFC championship game. Folks were saying the sky is falling for them. I do believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to dig down deep and is going to find a way to lead this team to an AFC championship. And that showdown between them and the New England Patriots is going to be one for the So ages. that's your two AFC championship? That's uh, my AFC championship pick right there. 
ain't nope you know sorry sorry uh to to our man uh mr watson baba funke i know i that's and that's no shade at, at the baltimore ravens and lamar jackson but when it comes down to it if you look at the nfl it all comes down to matchups i know they say that about a lot of sports but the nfl really is one of those sports though it comes down to matchups we saw that last uh two seasons ago with the Patriots and the Titans, it really comes down to matchups. And I just feel like the Ravens aren't going to get the matchup that they want or the matchup that they need to go deep into the AFC playoff run, to make a deep AFC playoff run. I'm calling New England and KC right now for the AFC championship game. I feel it. I feel it. Hey, before we get out of people's hair, you got anything else you want to throw out there, bro? Um... The, uh, I will say this in regards to the Chiefs. I couldn't believe that I didn't mention them during my uh, my own answers. But I did say this to several people during the season. If the Chiefs make the playoffs, that's not a good thing for other teams in the league. Because the way that they started out, if they managed to make it in, is not going to be because like ooh, other people fell off and whatnot. It's like, nah something finally clicked and they didn't limp their way to the postseason. They broke through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. And right now that's what's been happening. And that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a serious problem. Um, You know, the Titans had a chance, but losing Derrick Henry was too big of a loss in my opinion. It just, it's just, that's not something that they'll be able to, intimidate other teams and come back from you feel me and um lastly hey y'all we appreciate y'all again for rocking with us as we begin to close out 2021 um the next time you hear us i'm not entirely sure you know because i'm still on vacation and i'm enjoying my vacation i know next friday i'll be traveling and then after that is christmas and then basically after that is new year's so We'll be back at you in 2022, but we will have some changes, um, some fun stuff going on. I know Osan and I are excited about them. There's, while I'm on vacation, I'm all still still making business moves on the East Coast while Osan is handling the West. We're gonna we're gonna have some fun stuff for y'all. Don't trust me, trust me, just trust me. Um, that being said, Osan, take us out, boy. Hey, yo, y'all, y'all know what time it is. As always, like Abe said, we appreciate y'all. We really do this for y'all. Um, love, love, love all of our listeners. I get the opportunity to to uh, to either work with or um, just hang with, with with some listeners in my immediate vicinity, friends, and and you know they're always telling me about stuff that they're hearing and, and appreciating that we bring to the table. But we do it for y'all. We really do appreciate y'all. Um, Lil Oso rocking with me right now, so he, he love y'all too. Hey. But as always, um, if you guys want to uh, check out all that's going on in the SSAW family, the SSAW universe, head on over to tssaw.com. Um, and as always, if you guys want to holler at us uh, via the young email, you can hit us at osa.apodcast at gmail.com. And of course, um, my new favorite tool I know it's not new, but your boy just hopped on it because we got one. Twitter. Hey, what's the Twitter handle? 
Osa underscore Abe podcast. Again, that is Osa underscore Abe podcast. Hey, y'all, y'all do need to check out the Twitter though. It we just having fun over there. And as always, y'all know what it is. One thing, two words. Get that in your brain. Oh my job.